0: You still playing that game? Stop it, man. We're doing something. This
1: ain't the no, We're not. We're not doing This thing. is not the bathroom. Like, it's like you're sitting there thinking like, man, he's answering a, a deep email from a church member. I
2: am emailing or texting. I'm texting too, but it's NBA stuff. People are going about My friends.
1: If you're asking the question, how do I know if their profession of faith is credible? Well, first, you have to look at their profession of faith itself what are they professing faith in that's yeah. kind of what we've been talking about right now what we're talking about is what is the evidence that their accurate profession of faith is true in that sense i guess if you want to think of mm-hmm. it like that mm-hmm. and what you all are getting at now is looking at different parts of their life to see if there is evidence of what we would call a life that has been transformed by the spirit
0: Hello there, welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. It's good to have you with us. Uh, Pastors of the Roundtable is the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC of Monroe, Michigan. Our goal together is to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, sitting around the table with me today is Tim Icoangeli, lead pastor here at MNBC, Matt Bates, music and media pastor, Scott Slater, family pastor, and my name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at the church. Um, today on Pastors of the Roundtable, we want to continue in our series on parenting and marriage. Today we want to talk about knowing where our child is at spiritually, and Pastor Scott's going to lead our discussion on that today.
1: Yeah, so when we first started this podcast on uh, parenting and uh, and marriage, the first episode we did on parenting, we kind of tried to lay the groundwork that a parent's primary responsibility as given by God in Scripture as a direct command is to raise their children in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. Um, and so as a parent, that should be your primary concern, what you're working towards, um, what you're doing with your children it should be a priority. And so as a parent then, it should be a natural question then to ask, well, how do I know where my child is? I'm trying to teach them the things of the Lord. Ultimately, really what you're doing is you're trying to lead them towards salvation and maturity in Christ. And so you as a parent need to have the tools and the understanding necessary to know at various times maybe in your child's life to evaluate where they are spiritually. You know, Are they understanding this? Are they a Christian? Should they kind of take this next step of whatever that might be in their faith? And so I think this is an important question to ask of how do I know where my child is spiritually? And so um, I want to look through some of these things. This question could come out in a host of different ways. Um, I could see a parent asking of a young child that they have said that they want to be saved. And a parent wondering, does my child, how do I know they're ready? Do they truly understand this? Um, or is, are they just doing this to please me? Um, the question could come out like, is my child, should, if they're professing faith, should they be baptized? Are they ready to be baptized? Or it could be, um, asking a question, not of a younger child, but of an older child where a parent might be confused uh, about their, the way their child's living and what they should think because their child was baptized and they did profess faith when they were young. Hmm. But now there seems to be very little spiritual fruit in their life. They're living a lifestyle of sin, and uh, they've just seemed to do a 180. So how are parents supposed to think through that? Um, I guess I, I want to ask you guys, uh, especially you, Tim, because you've had many years of ministry with families and, and kids and youth. Do you think that this is actually a question that weighs heavy on parents, or do you think that it's kind of just taken flippantly? People don't think about it very often. Which, what's, what's your feel?
2: I think a lot of people think about it. I think they think about it at different levels, though, I would say, you see. There are some parents who just seem to be concerned that their child is saved. And it almost becomes like a manipulation thing. They want to see them in the baptistry. Mm-hmm. And then once they get in the baptistry, it seems as if sometimes those parents don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's done. You know, it's, it's a done deal. We're yeah. good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Which is sad to see. Uh, But there are some. But yeah, I mean, I get a lot of questions too, and I did. I know you do too now. Just of how, you know, questions like, how do I engage my child at home in spiritual things? Shows that they care about spiritual things. Or then, uh, you know, my child is asking about (laughs) baptism. You know, or last night my child... And ask Jesus in their heart, "What's next? Or, how do I know? How do I know that they really did that?" You yeah. know. So I mm. heard those questions quite a bit. I think yeah. it's really common for all of us who are parents. Really,
1: <clears throat> I think what I've heard is that parents seem to be torn about it because, on the one hand, it feels wrong to question somebody's profession of faith that they've been sure. saved, but at the same time, I think parents genuinely want their kids to be saved yeah. and not be deceived. By being manipulated by something or doing something just because they saw some of their friends do it or something like that.
2: I think the hard part though, as parents, is why do I want my child saved? Mm. Is it because I want them free from hell? Or is it because I want them to honor the Lord with their life? Mm. I mean, I think that's two, two big, big different things of what's my motivation. You know, and of course, we don't want harm to come to our children. We want good things for our children. And so we think about, you know, I want them to be in heaven. I want them to experience that. Uh, But it's hard because the Bible does teach us that on this earth as Christians, we will face hardships because of our faith. And so there are difficulties. And we don't know uh, how God plans to use our children in his kingdom either, you know, of what what that might mean. I mean, God could say, you know, uh, this is my child, save them. But this is the task I have for them, and it's in a different country, or it's across the country, and Mm -hmm. so now you're not going to see your kids anymore, you know. Or as they're following God, or they're going to have some difficulties in this life because Mm -hmm. they're going to be faithful to me, Mm -hmm. and um, being willing to accept that as a parent for good, you know, for their for their child. I, I know I've prayed prayers for my kids. That um, are difficult because while you're pr- while I'm praying them, I believe them to be true and I want them to be my heart's desire at the same time selfishness kicks in but saying, God, I want you to use my kids for whatever your purpose is mm. in their life yeah that's yeah. really yeah. hard because I don't know what that, I don't know what that purpose is sure I have no yeah. idea
1: yeah yeah so something you said reminded me actually of, of something that Pastor Spencer and I had a conversation about last week when we were talking about baptism. As it related to children, and uh, I think Spencer, you said something very similar to what Tim just said. That baptism isn't the end place where you're trying to get someone. It's mm-hmm. kind of the beginning. What did, What do you mean by that? How does that play out in a child's life? And that, how does that? How do parents? How should they understand that to be in their kid's life mm-hmm. as a baptism being like the beginning mm-hmm. part? Yeah, I think like
0: what um, it kind of ties into with what Tim was saying there was that. I think parents sometimes see baptism as the, the destination to get to. And so we get them saved, we get them baptized, hmm. and my job is done. And sometimes we can have the view that that's what the Christian life is all about. We get them saved, we get them baptized, and this is now just a holding tank hmm. for Christians as a church. <clears throat> but baptism is supposed to symbolize new life. It's supposed hmm. to be the beginning of a, of a, of a life of discipleship mm. under the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And so I think that, mm. as parents we're we're hoping this is not the the end of a destination. It's the beginning of a uh, of a relationship with with God and a
1: relationship mm. in the church, you know, yeah. with his people. Yeah, and so maybe the way a parent should think about it is that, yeah, you're laboring for your children to understand and to know the gospel, to respond to it, but through repentance and mm. faith. But even once that happens, your labor doesn't stop; it just shifts. Yeah. You know, you're always reminding them of the gospel, but now mm-hmm. it's more in terms of in a discipleship mentality. Of mm-hmm. now that you are a follower of Jesus, let's see what He said to do, mm-hmm. and let's follow Him. Let's obey Him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even Jesus at the in the Great Commission said that, right? Mm-hmm. Not only baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but teaching mm-hmm. them to obey mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. I've commanded. Um, and so, it's I think that's really helpful for parents to hear is that. Baptism is not the destination. Salvation uh, isn't even really the destination in that sense as you're thinking about it. Um, but it's kind of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as we think about this, how should parents evaluate their children to just answer the simple question of are they saved? Are they Christians? Um, I think the first place that we really need to start in this conversation, just make sure we're all on the same page, is um, – Asking the question if – I don't even know if it's asking the question, but just coming to an understanding that you do see examples in Scripture uh, of teaching where not every profession of faith is going to be credible long-term. So, I mean, can you guys think of some instances in Scripture where we see that at, examples of that that we're talking about? Simon Magus. <clears throat> um. Acts chapter 8 yeah.
0: Judas Judas yeah um, many of the disciples in John 6 everyone were told they all left with Jesus and,
2: uh, mm-hmm. you might have to say that too about
0: Ananias and Sapphira as they yeah, yeah I mean. and um, who was the uh, worker with Paul that he mentions uh, Demas Oh. in mm, love yeah. with this present world has forsaken yep. me. Deserted mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and and there's... Well, just even more in general, like,
3: uh, I think it's in Matthew somewhere, but not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, will be yeah. saved. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody
0: who says Lord, Lord. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. It actually <laughs> says everyone who <laughs> calls on <yeah>, <laughs> <in yeah>, the name of the Lord. Yeah, that verse actually is true. Right? <laughs> yeah, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the yeah. kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, there's there's definitely
1: yeah so we have this understanding from scripture very clearly i mean there there were numerous examples there given, and so parents have to understand that first of all that just because a child professes faith does not mean that they are saved just as just because an adult professes faith that's true
0: does not mean mm-hmm. that they're saved yep. you know and I think that's uh in some ways this this discussion it's it, it's really just a small sample of a huge discussion about mm-hmm. the fact that You know, just because you're you're converted from a life of drugs and alcohol and you come into the church at age 30, your profession, I mean, we accept you, give you charity because that's what we're supposed to do. But Mm. there are people that can still be falsely saved then as well, right? So, I mean, it it applies to Mm. all age categories.
1: Yep, that's true. And I think, I mean, what we're going to go into in looking for certain signs or evidences of a true salvation in somebody, these aren't specific to children right these are things that you could use for anybody that you would talk to whether they're 4 years old 40 years old 80 years mm-hmm. old um it doesn't really matter and so you might have to uh kind of make it tor- for children you know looking for you know evidences that would be appropriate for a child their age but as we think through this uh, what are certain evidences of faith? I think the first one that we need to think through is, do they actually have an uh, an understanding of the basic truths of the gospel? Um, you hear it said that even the faith of a child can save someone, but even a faith that a child would have has to be in something that they understand. Misplaced faith, even if it's childlike faith, is not saving faith, mm-hmm. I would say, so what would we kind of categorize as what does a child need to basically understand? What does a person need to basically understand cognitively in order to be saved? So I'd say first is sin.
2: you got to know what sin is mm-hmm. Um and that you do that, that you sin, that you're a sinner. Uh, and so from there... I mean, you have some things written down Mm -hmm. on our sheet here, but
1: yeah, and that's not the end-all, be-all, right?
2: Right. Um, They need to know, like, who Jesus is. You know, Um, there needs to be some understanding that because of sin, that there's a problem between us and God because of sin. They might not be able to explain that fully, but you know, there's something wrong there. But they know that Jesus, it seems, has accomplished something in his in his death and in his mm-hmm. resurrection that helps that relationship or that solves that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and however they would would say that. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the the most nerve-wracking thing is most of the times like when a, when parents come in my office and say my child's ready to be baptized. They, they asked Jesus in their heart this week. Almost 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 all the time. When I say, "Why do you want to be baptized?" They say, to go to heaven.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: That's a problem. To me, that's a problem. Like, what do you mean by that? And then, so trying to explain, you know, baptism doesn't make you go to heaven. Mm -hmm. What makes you go to heaven? Mm -hmm. Right. And if they answer that question and they can kind of talk about it, that's a different Mm -hmm. thing. But if they, if they don't really know, it's like, well, parents, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're ready or, Mm -hmm. you know, or Mm -hmm. I always lean on the parents really heavy, to be honest with you in those situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just that little thing that some people might say, well, that's just a yeah. little nuance. No, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And this kid, mm-hmm. however old they should know this. Like, that's something that I think that needs to be known by them. Yeah. Before they get yeah. into the water.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Spencer, you recently did a, your essential Christianity class on conversion, faith mm-hmm. and repentance. And I think there needs to be some kind of understanding of that with the kids too. Uh, one, that they're, putting their faith in what Christ has done on the cross in their place. Like, I think there needs to be an understanding of it, 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 it's a substitutionary. Like he did that in your place, but then also there needs to be something after all of this because we are to live like Christ after
1: mm.
3: that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
3: Like there needs to be like the child needs to understand that like, okay, if this is all true, then I want to be more like Christ. And and now I'm, you know, not that it's all about, you know, changing behaviors and whatnot, but, or even, you know, yeah, trying to please God in a, in a way that's uh, like a works-based system. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah,
2: and a difficult thing with that <clears throat> is for those of us who are raising our children in church, your Kids probably act like Christians right away. You know what I I mean? Because you're teaching them, uh, hopefully, (laughs) uh, you're you're teaching them the fruits of the spirit of kindness and stuff like that that they should be a part of. And I'm guessing, I mean, kids aren't perfect by no means, but Mm -hmm. you see some of that in your kids. And so we can't expect this magical time when they. Get on their knees by their bed and Mm -hmm. ask Jesus in their heart. And the next morning, they're super nice to their sister and can't wait to start school in the morning. You know what I mean? We laugh about that, but I think yeah. some people expect that. Sure. Like, you, I don't think my kid's a Christian because like, they hit their sister. Christians <laughs> yeah, wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Not Yeah, even
3: us as adults, not all of our actions are reflective of...
2: Yeah, and so...
0: <laughs> really? Being a Christian. Really? Not all of your actions? <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, I know. I think, I mean, like Peter, right? He just makes the thing. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Then he starts <laughs> and rebukes Jesus about Jesus's plan to go to the cross. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, let's all take a little bit of humility here because I think, we all have to laugh at it because any of our adult pretensions, as well, to just yeah. really, all of a sudden, I'm just going to live really holy yeah. now, dude. Like, but that's a problem. You know what with, I mean? Like, that's a problem. I think
2: with how the gospel has been presented for a long time, mm-hmm. that there is going to be this instantaneous moment, right. where you make this decision, right. and mm-hmm. God then completely changes you now mm-hmm. to, you know, live mm-hmm. this holy life, and. I don't doubt that that's happened in some people's life where, you know, they were struggling in life and they were living a a crazy life, a crazy sinful life, Mm -hmm. and God dramatically did a work in their life to save them to where, you know, if you go see them a year later, they are a changed person. And you're like, there is a difference in your life. What Mm -hmm. is the difference? Mm -hmm. The fact is, for most people probably listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. who are church people anyways and trying to raise their kids in church, Mm -hmm. like for me personally being saved when I was younger – I I don't have that story. You know, mm-hmm. mom and dad, would you see different? Nothing. Oh then yeah. I don't think I'm saved. Well, yeah. I don't think it ever happened then. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just not it's not it shouldn't be expected and it shouldn't be put on. But I mean you have some questions, I don't know if we're there yet. Probably not. I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but <laughs> like you talked about how it's different. We have kids who are really young, but when we have kids who are teenagers and stuff like that too, mm-hmm. where I think with teenagers you can maybe judge that a little better yeah you know what i mean to see like their heart just always seems to be cold mm. you know their heart always seems to be selfish like that's when i would start having problems like why you know and trying to help them along and i would start questioning i don't know if they are mm-hmm. truly saved yet yeah they know they, they some answers but i'm not seeing evidence
1: yeah so i think what we're getting into now with the question of do they understand the gospel That was the kind of the first one that we did. uh That's kind of like an understanding of truth. So if you're asking the question, how do I know if their profession of faith is credible? Well, first you have to look at their profession of faith itself. What are they professing faith in? That's kind of what we've been talking about. Now what we're talking about is what is the evidence that their accurate profession of faith is true in that sense, I guess, if you want to think of Mm -hmm. it like that. Mm -hmm. And what you all are getting at now is, Looking at different parts of their life to see if there is evidence of what we would call a life that has been transformed by the Spirit. Cause a child, no matter how young, if they are a Christian, they do have the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And there should be some things that we've already talked about. Like a Matt, you kind of talked about a remorse for sin. Yeah. Repentance sure. from sin. Yeah. Um, you know, Tim, you're talking about like they always seem to be kind of cold. Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that, uh, in reading this, um, Brian Croft wrote a helpful article uh that that we're using to kind of base this conversation off of one of the things uh he talked about was if if the if your child is demonstrating spiritual fruit that is contrary to their personality like some kids mm. are naturally friendly yeah you know some sure. kids are naturally one way or the other mm-hmm. and so what you're really looking for is are they demonstrating fruit in their in terms of their behavior the way they treat people in a way that maybe they normally wouldn't mm. But you're right, Tim, because like sometimes, like this is really difficult you know, for any age because it's, it's not going to be an immediate, you know, as a parent, it's almost like you're looking for little signs, you know, like it, you know, you're right now is hunting season and you're going hunting. And when you're out in your stand or you're blind, you're looking for a deer. It's not very often that, I mean, it's great when it does happen, but it's not very often that a deer will just jump out right in front of you. (laughs) Sometimes you have to really watch and look for just a little glimmer of movement in between the trees. Hmm. And that's kind of what you're looking for sometimes as a parent. Sometimes, yeah, it will be really obvious. Hmm. But other times, it's going to be just a little glimmer of movement that you see that makes you watch more closely, hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so what are some of those evidences then that we would talk about? I would say there's probably negative ones and positive ones, things hmm. that they're moving away from, <laughs> things that they're moving towards maybe, hmm. and uh, doing. So what what are some of those that you guys might, might think of?
2: Hmm. Oh, it's a difficult question I think to answer. Just again the way the way I approach faith in myself and just in people in general is, is more of a process. And uh, I'm almost hard pressed sometimes to say when this person was saved. Yeah. It's hard that's hard for me to answer that question. Even in my own life. I know there was a time that I prayed with my parents and accepted Christ, but it's hard for me to say that was the moment. Seems like it probably happened a little earlier. I was, God was really convicting me. And, hmm. um, so I, it's the same, I guess, with the, with my kids and their spiritual growth because they, people mature differently in their faith. You know, the Bible te- speaks of faith as this gift that God gives. And so to some, there's this great deal of faith and to others, hmm. maybe not as much faith. And so, uh, I don't know. I see them, like you guys said, like, um, Seeking forgiveness for something, being willing to do that. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh,
2: Some guilt
1: about sin, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like that I don't have to force in them. It's there. I think that's a big part. (laughs) Is this, is the action that they're doing self motivated? Are Mm -hmm. they doing it on their own Mm -hmm. kind of thing? Uh, are, Are they, do they come to you and do they confess sin apart from your calling them out? Mm-hmm. you know that's showing like a sense of guilt and remorse mm-hmm. a desire to kind of come clean mm-hmm. we don't really naturally do that mm-hmm. as yeah. people mm-hmm. you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah. uh mm-hmm. i think sometimes like seeing them want to do good things like like we just said the shoe boxes or something like that and finding uh, seeing kids maybe take joy in something along those lines mm. that's not for themselves uh because kids are so selfish, right? And so when I see kids not being selfish, seems just out of character. Hmm. And, uh, so I, I don't know. That's something, that's something too. I, I, I fear, I fear making a checklist here. Sure. I don't want us, I don't want it to seem like we're making a checklist and then you're just watching your kids for these checklists. So like, I, I'll give it a – My kids aren't readers. They don't like to read. And so if I go and ask them, did you read your Bible? The answer is always going to be no. Almost always it's going to be no. Now, we'll do stuff as a family, you know, and they're not like fighting that or anything. They're perfectly happy to do to devotion together and pray together. There's no fight. But the reading thing, at least for me, but so uh, some parents might say, well, then I, I doubt your kids are say they don't just love God's Word and fall over it all the time. Would it's maybe like...
1: a different way to be, <laughs> to ask that question that would be more helpful Your family, for your family, would it be more helpful to ask... If your kids have a desire to know God more, sure, yeah, yeah. That I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, that's what I mean more than the checklist thing, right? Saying, "Well, my kid doesn't want to read his Bible every day. He's out." Yeah, and it's like, well, I don't know if I want to base it off Mm -hmm. of that necessarily. There's a lot of days I don't want to read either. (laughs) (laughs) You know, type of thing. So, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, that's Mm -hmm. more. Let's look at their heart. What's their attitude towards church? Yeah, you know, when they're little. They like snacks. I get them at church. I love church.
1: Yeah. I want to go to Pastor Tim's office to get a sucker. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Some of us don't contribute to that. Some of us do. I'm <laughs> glad to be in I love contributing to that. You know. <laughs> know. I want your kids to like church, Spencer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 pagan, my pagan children. My pagan children. One thing's too, that comes to mind is... um R.C. Sproul was asked one time about how can you ha- people struggle with assurance of salvation. And he said he's asked people questions. He says, first of all, do you love Jesus perfectly? And he said, I've only met like two people who've ever told me they love Jesus perfectly. <laughs> yeah, right. He says, do you love Jesus as you ought? And of course, if you're a real Christian, you'll say no to that as well. He says, do you love Jesus at all? Because no one can love Jesus, the real Jesus. Apart from the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And so you can ask your, I mean, you can, you can see this in so many different ways Mm. uh, in your kid, but does, do they love Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do they love Jesus' people? Mm. Do they want to be different than they are? Because, uh, repentance bears fruit, but repentance itself is not the fruit. Mm. Repentance is a change of mind that I'm grieved over my sin and I want to be different. Do they love Jesus? And uh, because they're grateful for his salvation, do they want to go to heaven? Because I think, right, I want to be safe from hell, but do your kids ever talk about, I want to be with Jesus? Hmm. Like, and is there any kind of love in their hearts like that about for him? And I think that that's um, really, really important just to inculcate in your kids the goodness of God the Father and the hmm. love of Jesus Christ and the cross work. And, um, and also, whenever you're doing this, (laughs) humble yourself first and do it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because like the Heidelberg Catechism, the old catechism says about, do we make progress in our life in these good works? And it says, we make but a small beginning in this life and ultimately my good works in this life are a very small portion of what i'm going to be like in the next world Mm -hmm. and so i think also just like you know like sometimes our kids can do one minute we can say wow he just really loves the lord jesus christ he's he's more godly than me the other hand he's doing something that i think is crazy (laughs) and wrong and it's like but am i so different Mm -hmm. right and luther would say sometimes whenever he's discouraged he would have to go talk to children someone who has more faith than he does, and um, go talk to kids. And so um, I think it's very important for us as parents and as adults as we come and look at these kids that we don't come to them as superior spiritual people. Like we may be more mature, but we also come to them with the understanding that uh we're all messed up. Mm-hmm. We're all sinners. And the only thing that's going to get us to heaven is because that guy died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Mm. Yeah. And so I just think that approaching this stuff within that whole orbit of grace is so important because I think the other thing we don't want to do is discourage our kids because we're so harsh, just inspecting them all the time. Cause that's the other danger. We have to do some evaluation. We also don't want to, which is easy to do. I mean, you don't, You don't want to make it so difficult that they can never come. Right. You do want to do it because you want to know how to parent each kid specifically and adapt that, but you also, you know, you don't want to become a legalist. Mm -hmm. But rules are easy, right? Right. Right. Rules are so easy to make, and it's so easy to determine if people are doing
2: good based off of rules, and we want to put that with our kids With our kids, you know, these are the rules. You go to church, and you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and we think if you follow this, you're showing evidence that you trust in God. And it's like, well, no, they're showing evidence they're scared to death of you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But, I mean, it makes us feel good because when we go in public, our kids are behaved, Mm -hmm. and they're acting like good Christians, and so everybody thinks we have it together. makes us feel good because our rules are being followed. Mm -hmm. But really, in the end, we don't know our child's heart. Mm. Yeah. And we don't know anybody's heart. And so when I do a funeral, no matter who it is, I can't sit there with a hundred percent, right? Surety mm-hmm. knowing this person's in heaven. I don't, I, all evidence points to yes. I can say all evidence points to no, mm-hmm. which happens quite a bit. Mm. But the fact is, I'm not the judge of a man's heart. Mm. I don't mm. know this person's heart. They might have been the best mm. actor in the world mm. and just faked it. From mm-hmm. all of us, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, again, there's and there's things scripturally that shows it's the church's job to help people to see that, and I know that, and that's our. And you try that, but in the end, mm-hmm. all I can say, all we can say, is I know this. God is a just God. Mm-hmm.
0: He's yeah. a gracious God, and too. He's a, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's <great. laughs> right. Yeah, he's yeah. just. And he's anyone also who gracious. calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, I think says that. I think, and, too, yeah, you're right. And I think, like, I think about you know the the basic truths of the gospel. And I think about the thief on the cross. Yeah. And basically, his understanding of the gospel was, that guy doesn't deserve to be here. I do. I'm going to ask him to do something to remember me when he goes to his kingdom. Yeah. And you're going to be with me today in paradise. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. what faith is. And, and for I, people
2: like me, who've been in church our whole life, we say that we love that story, but I think a lot of us hate that story, because we're like, that's super unfair. Because I've had to live my life by these rules all this time. And I've had to go through you know, all this. You know, Jesus, Jesus in the same spot I'm going to be one yeah. day. You no, know, there's a parable for that. Yeah. Yeah. There's you a parable there.
3: Yeah.
1: For you, right? Yeah. 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 So, man, but I mean, it's, it's difficult, right? Yeah. And, and then we born the heat of the day. Yeah. 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 Some of the things you're bringing up, Tim, that's why it is so important. Mm-hmm. I think if a parent actually desires to try to evaluate maybe where their kid is, if they're a Christian, if they're not, whether if are they professing faith or are they still maybe not even at that point, but you're seeing signs of this maybe happening, you know, what you said, I can't remember who said it, but yeah, you do need to examine yourself first. Think Mm -hmm. about this in Mm -hmm. your own life. But as a parent, you do need to, you can't just come up behind your kids, force these things on them and say, okay, they are being obedient to do what I say. Mm -hmm. They must be saved. They're keeping the law. Yeah. They're all (laughs) they're doing in that moment is keeping the law. (laughs) You, if you're going to do this, you've kind of got to give them a little freedom, to, mm-hmm. especially as they get a little older mm-hmm. to make their own choice. Now, that might not mean that could be interpreted a lot of different ways, what I just said, but there are some, you know, boundaries that you would keep on that, right? Um, give them a choice. Like if they mm-hmm. would like to do part of the family devotion mm-hmm. tonight or something like that, do they actually want to? Mm-hmm. You know, there might be reasons that are good for them to not want to, but is there a desire? That's what you're looking for. Right. Give them a choice. And see what they choose to do. Just explore it a little bit. I think just in general of what are signs that you can look for in the positive of that they are, that they maybe do possess saving faith. You're right, we don't want to make a checklist. But Scripture is really helpful at some points because it does kind of give us a list of what a renewed life in Christ looks like. So in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, It says put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And then he goes on uh, to continue in that. But then there is a positive list. There's also a negative list in uh earlier in verse five when it says put to death therefore what is earthly in you sexual immorality, impurity passion evil desire covetousness which is idolatry on the count of these things the wrath of god is coming and i'm again we're not using those specific instances those words as like does your child exhibit kindness humility meekness patience it's more of a, no. just asking the, <laughs> yeah well it's just asking the question <laughs> what's the trajectory of their life. Are they moving away from these things and moving toward those things? Mm-hmm. Colossians 3 sees that as an outflowing of a new life in Christ. And that's really what you're talking about when you're talking about salvation is this person has new life in Christ. They might not understand a child that we're talking about. We've used some words here that they might never use those specific words. Mm-hmm. They don't have to, to be saved. Um, but is this kind mm-hmm. of the general trajectory of their life? Repentance of sin? but desire for and growth in what we would call yeah. godliness mm-hmm. is that happening mm-hmm. and that's that's something that mm-hmm. you as a parent not only you also not only do you need to allow some freedom on your child's part to see if this is what they're doing kind of on mm-hmm. their own but you also need to be really honest uh, as a parent i think some parents i don't know you guys correct me if you think i'm wrong but i think parents sometimes are so eager to see their kids saved that they're almost willing to lie to themselves mm. To say, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think they're saved. You know, uh, they might have this problem with them, but I think we'll just look over that and not worry uh, about
0: that. Also, real quick, too, I want, I think this is an encouraging thing for me as a parent and for my own spiritual life. I find this. I think that one of the things, too, subliminally that can happen is, is that we think the gospel is for people who are unconverted. So therefore, as soon as I get to, whatever i think is the conversion mm. then i go to gospel 2.0 mm-hmm. but that's not the way this works <laughs> the gospel is the same before your conversion and it's the same after your conversion the law is the same before your conversion mm-hmm. and the message of the law is the same so the but it doesn't now now i may believe the gospel and i may receive the benefits and the law may no longer have condemning power to me but the message that we preach of law and gospel those stay the same I still need to hear about the fact every single Sunday that Jesus Christ is given to me, even as a believer. That's the only way my faith can be sustained. And I think that it's it's important because I think sometimes we, we have it in our minds that I've got to get the gospel, this part, and then after that, I can now start focusing on sanctification. And that's not the way this actually works. The gospel that saved you before is the gospel that keeps you in and is the gospel that brings you home.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so... That's good. Kate, okay, your kid, you may not be able to determine their spiritual standing, but the good news is it don't matter in some ways because whatever their state is, I still have to bring this same message to them regardless of wherever they're at, yeah. is repent, believe the gospel. Yeah.
1: So a place where may, you're you're absolutely right. I would agree with everything you just said there. But a place where maybe it would matter is your child comes up to you and says, we're talking a young child right now, so like maybe five, mm-hmm. six years old comes up to you and says Dad, I want to be baptized and so you as a parent at that point you have a choice am I going to encourage my child to do this mm. uh, or am I going to say I'm not sure yet right um, and what you're going through in your mind at that point is you're trying to determine is my child's profession of faith credible to where I would encourage them to do this
0: and the, so in and one sentence, and the good news is is we have an expert We do. Uh, In the room. Tim says it's an easy answer. It's an easy answer. We have an expert to answer this question. So (laughs) I I think this would be a great, great opportunity. (laughs) Ask my family. (laughs) Ask my family? (laughs) I have answers to (laughs) (laughs) everything. I'm going to get out of my chair and sit at your feet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm be a little
1: smelly. (laughs) Could be.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Well, what we said earlier, Jesus was baptized when he was thirty. So just wait till then. Yes. We followed Jesus. It's in red in the okay. Bible, right. red letter.
0: Next question. There we go. Done. All right.
1: Thank you guys for being with us today. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can I can seriously see somebody like like what you just said, Spencer, a second ago. You know, a person says ultimately, I can't know anyways. And so if my child says they want to be baptized, I should just let them be baptized. Yeah. And then there's another parent who's afraid that this will maybe cause a false assurance of salvation, mm-hmm. that their child maybe does take an approach towards like works righteousness mm-hmm. naturally, and that this would just contribute to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe mm-hmm. what are some things a parent should ask? Or should we just maybe, should it, is it a wise policy for a church to say we don't baptize anybody under the age of blank?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Can I make a real quick caveat? I want to make sure that no one thinks that I don't think it's important for us to evaluate our kids. Like I'm not saying it's not important <laughs> sure. whether or not they're saved or Too not. Late. By my, yep. by <laughs> my past <laughs> statement. that was not the intention. Sure. My yeah. intention I didn't, was not just to run around. I, just doing whatever to make sure. want no, I didn't take it. Like <laughs> that. Okay. I just want to make sure that everyone's clear that I, I do think it's important to be saved. I wasn't yeah. denying that. I, I do. Yeah. And I do want our, anyway, go ahead, yes. Tim. Sorry. Okay, I forgot the question. <laughs> oh, Old. It's talking about
2: <laughs> baptism five years old, asking. Yeah, should Okay, what do you do? Is, there, age? <laughs> is there an age at which yeah. you should
1: not allow a child to be baptized? So should some people would do
2: that. Some people would ascribe to that. And I don't I don't think I'd be uncomfortable with that if that was the case. Um for me personally and like my family, when my kids have come to me with that, honestly I ignore it the first couple times. <laughs>
1: I know okay. people are like, well, geez, okay, you're missing a big opportunity there, and no, Golly. I don't think that it it's was like the priest walking across the road, seeing this, you know, person on really. the side just sitting there. In you know
2: what? Fit. If you're gonna reference the Bible story, right, say it all correctly. Oh yeah, my, bad. my bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. No. Um, was that guy
1: from? Samaria? There was a priest that went yeah, by. Samaritan. Samaritan. It was a priest. This was a Samaritan, yeah. A priest went by first, didn't he? Yeah, the is yeah, the guy that the, helped yeah, him. But yeah. yeah, you're right, the priest went yeah, by he's first. Levi, first. Levi, <laughs> Levi, Yeah, he's the priest. Levi, yeah. Yeah, he's just leaving the guy in his filth <laughs> to die. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, wow. <laughs> sorry, Jackson. All right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Jackson, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you meet a Samaritan soon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because, because they didn't understand it. And uh, I've been very cognizant cognizant
1: that Oh, quick question they didn't understand what What baptism was okay what baptism was okay yeah
2: and what they were asking you know and i didn't feel at that point me sitting down and explaining it to them was really going to sink in anyways and so i'm happy that they have this desire to get baptized because it does show me something is happening Mm -hmm. right in their life something is going on but i want them to initiate it and so I want to see if it comes up again. I want to see how often it's going to come up. Does it just leave them? It was a passing thought. If it's a passing thought, then I don't, I don't need to address it mm. at that point. Um, and so that's how I've handled it with all of, with all of our, our kids, two of which are baptized. One isn't the others are three and one at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, so as a pastor's kid, I think it's expected almost that your kids get saved and that they get baptized when they're young and um come you know my wife coming from a pastor's family I know that was something she didn't like this expect everybody expecting this stuff mm-hmm. um and so if our kids are stubborn like she is and like I am uh <laughs> that will be a deterrent and I don't want them to feel that I never wanted them to feel that in any way like honest there's nothing special about you because you're a pastor's kid mm. I don't want you to think, you know, I mean, I, I don't say that to them, but in my mind, I don't want you to think that um, hmm. that you have some access to God that other people don't or whatever. I want it, it it's got to be between you and him and not, not me. So eventually, you know, when they get to that point, it's a conversation that needs to happen. Or there's books out that are helpful, like little workbooks for kids or older mm-hmm. kids that, all right, let's go through this together which helps you gauge maybe the answers uh, to see it, baptism doesn't save them. And so if they were saved when they were five, and I say no to baptism, does not disqualify them from anything, right? So it's not bad if it gets pushed off and gets pushed off and gets pushed off. Now, it sounds horrible for a Southern Baptist pastor to say that because we're all about get them in the water so you can get it on your ACP report. <laughs> Everybody can see mm-hmm. that you baptized another one. Yeah, But um, now I want to be in it for the long game, and I want them to be comfortable. I want Amanda and I to be comfortable. I want the church to be comfortable you know, with it all because I don't believe in re-baptizing and all this stuff, and that's one of the hardest things as pastors we know. Mm-hmm. Someone wanting to be re-baptized and trying to talk through that, figure that out and be biblical in it. Um, cause it's not a biblical thing. Re-baptism, that's <laughs> not mm-hmm. there. Uh, so I don't want to deal with that with my kids. So I, I just really try to let it come up naturally. Um, I've never had a time where I'm like, all right, does anybody want to ask Jesus in their heart today? Family, anybody? <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> well, you're going to be baptized Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, good job. Yeah. I, I just don't want that to happen. I want it yeah. to. Come up, and so that—that's how it's been with the two who are baptized. That we we've enforced it. They brought it up. Conversation mm-hmm. with them. All right, this seems real. This seems legit. They seem to understand. Let's do it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're so, not thirty. No, I disobeyed Scripture. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: they're not, they're
3: what <laughs> you know, right? Well, sorry.
0: sorry, it's okay. Yeah.
3: So, what does that conversation look like? I mean, I know they're wanting to be baptized, but like, do you go? Do you go back and ask them about? Like you know, faith, salvation.
2: Yeah, I say, but why is that? What that conversation? Why do you want to be mean? baptized? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, have you trusted in Jesus for your sins? Mm-hmm. All right, what does that mean? You know, what, what does sin mean? Like I just ask them basic questions like that. Mm. Um, I'm big on justification mm. and knowing that definition. So yeah. I've been, I say that to my kids mm. and challenge them with that a lot. Mm. Mm. So like, what does that mean? You know, hmm. it's not just some abstract thing here. Mm-hmm. This is what God has done mm. through Jesus mm-hmm. for you. That's what yeah. you're saying, yeah. you know, and trying to
1: get them to understand that. Yeah. Uh, I think a key question or a key phrase that you're looking for if you ask them why do you want to be baptized if they say because I want to be saved? That, that brings up a big concern in my mind because Absolutely. they're associating yeah. their salvation with their baptism. Right. Yeah. And that to me shows me that there's been a misunderstanding somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need to clarify this mm-hmm. and maybe need to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. That's, I think the baptism question is a big question because, you know, we talked about children looking at salvation easily. Well, we all fall into this, uh, as a, as a works based mm-hmm. salvation. Yeah to many people especially a child like I remember when I was a child that's what I associated salvation with getting saved and that's often how it's phrased getting saved is to go be baptized mm-hmm. Um, it's like a all packaged deal kind of mm-hmm. thing and uh so it's just a really easy mm-hmm. pitfall mm-hmm. I think people easily mm-hmm. fall into so you want to watch for that
2: mm-hmm. it's interesting right now because I think again, if I had to judge my kids hearts Easton's the one who hasn't been baptized and he's <laughs> nine <laughs> Whoops. should brought up his age. <laughs> yeah. I think he's nine. Um Is he nine? Eight. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's gonna what work. year is he born. <laughs> what grade is he in? in, in he's, 12, a, he's eight. He's eight. There you go. He's eight years old. Um if I had to judge, I would think he's probably a believer. I mean, signs kind of point to it with uh brokenness of sin, mm-hmm. you know, he's the Kid who tells on himself very easily, <laughs> like uh, kind-hearted. Just, just kind of see some some proof. I mm-hmm. think of things in him knows knows answers to a lot of the questions. He's brought up baptism a couple times, but it's just been in passing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've been waiting for him to be a little more eager about it, and he hasn't been. And so I haven't really pushed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I. Mm. I'm not guilty about that. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I just, I think it needs to be in God's timing and in His, And because I really want them to be comfortable. I went through that period, I remember in my life, in my walk with the Lord, really doubting my faith.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. for me, it meant going to my parents and asking them questions like, how do you know that I knew what I was talking about? <laughs> you know, why did you let me go and get baptized? Like, what questions were I asking? Like, really wanting to know because I was struggling mm. with that. And, you know, they assured me, I remember them just, said, Tim, we're uh, pretty confident that you were saved through this time, through this thing here, and, you know, mm-hmm. that God worked in your life. And I remember for me personally, that brought me a lot of comfort of thinking, okay, because mm. that's who I had to rely on. I didn't really remember. I don't remember it all. Mm-hmm. And so I think as parents, you just got to be careful with that knowing, this can happen to you
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you can't deceive them to say yeah you were five and we brought it up and you were like yeah so we did it i think you need to be honest with them if mm-hmm. that day comes up and they are 30 yeah and they're wondering because they went really wayward for a really long time you know and god's bringing them back and do you really think they were saved then or not i think those questions need to be honest. And so I want to have mm-hmm. a clear conscience too, as a parent, to be able to be mm-hmm. really honest with my kids. This is what's happened. This is how it went. Mm-hmm. This is how it went down. If, if they ever come back mm-hmm. with that question, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't want them to think I manipulated it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And th-
1: that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. for those that would be on that side of fence to, to be for kind of delaying baptism mm-hmm. is to try to, try to uh, honestly keep from, I don't know if I'd call it hassle, but that kind of struggle. And that child's life of like, was I really a Christian? Mm -hmm. I can't really remember any of that part of my life when Mm -hmm. I was that young. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Am I walking in obedience right now? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the, Mm -hmm. that's part of what the argument would be to delay baptism is Mm -hmm. to, to help your child with that a little Mm bit. Um, so that they can maybe remember a little bit more what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately it comes down to a matter of conscience, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have clear commands in scripture of like how old somebody has to be or what they have to do or you know like it's a case-by-case basis so the evidence is that we've kind of been talking about it's different for every person you Mm -hmm. know um i would personally encourage waiting kind of like you have tim i don't think there's a specific age that i would say like you have to be this old to be baptized i do think that i would probably encourage a person to wait until they're old enough to take part in the life of the church in a bigger way than just attending. Um, uh, but to be held accountable by the church an appropriate age to be held accountable by the church. Um, I think it that, depends that on what work. you mean by that, of being a part of the church more
2: because I want members like here at this church who are faithful. That's really what I want. I want, I want faithful members. So what does that mean? I want you to attend services. I want you to partake in Lord's Supper. Uh, I want you to be a part of a small group if you, you know, if you can. Beyond that, yeah, yeah, there's service stuff that you can do here. There's roles, you know, there's different leadership things. Listen to the podcast. Listen to
1: the podcast. I think what (laughs) I was, what (laughs) I was really thinking of was, are they at an age where it is appropriate for them to be held accountable by the church for a church discipline scenario? Mm -hmm. Uh, where if this person is now living in sin, because there's a a child that's 10 years old, a member of the church probably should not approach that child and confront them about sin in their life. They should go through their parents. Mm -hmm.
2: Right, but I would say the Mm -hmm. parents would need to do that. And even at a 10-year-old, I would say if the parents are having a hard time
1: Mm -hmm.
2: dealing with some sin in in this child's life, that... They might get the pastors involved into that. Sure. Or yes. some church leadership, mm-hmm. even if it's just for advice or for help. You know, <laughs> I don't think we're going to say, okay, so from now on, parents, you can come to church, but your kids got to stay home because we've just kicked them out of the church. <laughs> so, <laughs> that would be,
1: <laughs> right. that wouldn't be my understanding of church discipline anymore. Anyway. <laughs> right. so, <Exactly>. yeah. <laughs> so we
2: wouldn't do that. But, um. <sighs> My struggle would be, I'm with you, where I would, I, told, I said I'd be okay if there was like an age thing, and that's what we're kind of talking about. But I also know that God uses baptism, and he does tell us to be baptized. And so I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to hold it from somebody who probably genuinely can be baptized and should be baptized just because they're not at a certain age yet, right? So there is this hesitancy mm-hmm. um, where I kind of go both ways. It's like, well, with your kids, you just said you don't push it. No, I don't. But there probably would come a time when my kids hit a certain age and understanding where I would ask them the question, yeah, "Why haven't you been baptized yet?" Like I'm not there yet necessarily with an eight-year-old or four or four, five-year, but if they're 12, mm-hmm. if they're 14, depending on their maturity level, just generally, mm-hmm. I might say, you know, stuff like, "Like what's holding you back?" Yeah, and then walk them through like. If you're saying you've trusted in Jesus, look at it. it says to be
1: baptized. Why mm-hmm. are you waiting? Yeah. And the natural, maybe a natural way to do that as a parent is during times, uh, in the church calendar when we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Yep. And so mm-hmm. it, the Lord's Supper is for, for Christians, I would say. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Right. But it's for Christians. And mm-hmm. so I, I would personally hold my children from taking the Lord's Supper because they're not part of this body. Um, baptism is kind of the, the ordinance that enters you into the church community Mm -hmm. and the lord's supper is the sign of those who Mm -hmm. are in that community Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that's a natural time to talk about Mm -hmm. with your kids well you haven't been baptized you haven't really professed faith and Mm -hmm. so this isn't necessarily for you Mm -hmm. just yet Mm -hmm. that's a natural time that comes up sure to talk about that yep with your kids Mm -hmm. so
2: yeah this is a hard i mean it really is a tough it's a tough topic but uh, you know for parents once again their, their salvation, a child's salvation is not based on us.
3: Mm-mm.
2: We play a role, definitely. Mm. And I really think it's a blessing to be born into a Christian family. That is a great blessing that God gives to people who get to be raised in the church and all these different things. And a lot of times I would say God uses that in the life of that person where they are saved by his grace as well. Mm. Um, not all, not always, not always. Um, but it's not, on me i don't save my oh, child so. and so the most important thing we need to do is pray for our kids you know pray that god would use them and open yeah. their eyes to the truth and then some of what we need to do which is really hard is let our kids go to god as well like yeah. get out of the way and let them have a relationship. they they're gonna fail they're gonna do these things probably one of the biggest things for me <clears throat> in my walk with the lord was the grace my parents gave me so often uh. They trusted me. You know, they gave me these, these, they gave me opportunities to fail, opportunities to make decisions on my own where I felt a real freedom in that. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I never felt forced into something. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hope I do that for my kids as well to Mm -hmm. give them, to show them grace, to show them mercy, to show them judgment though, to show them all these, try to show them all these things and pray that God would just use all of that stuff and my mess ups and my failures in their life for His glory, and for His purposes. Mm. And helping me to be ready, like I said, to let go, you know, Mm. and to not impede on Him in their life. That's a helpful word. And that's hard. And I see a lot of parents struggle with that. And, you know, I'd love for my kids like go to a Christian college and to do these things. But if I see my kids are trusting in the Lord, and now maybe they're going somewhere that I'm not... I don't know if you should go there. There's going to be a lot of temptation there. And all but if they're really, I'm following the Lord in this, Dad. You know, and this is what I, I want to be an engineer. And sorry, the Christian school stinks at that or whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> will I be okay to say, all right, I trust. I trust you. I trust what the Lord is mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's hard mm-hmm.
0: for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. yeah, we don't own our kids. No, we don't. We don't. We don't, we don't own them. They're they're. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is then then all we can do is really just pray for them and share the gospel with them, you know, lead them along. Yeah, but it's God's work. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, good guys, thanks so much for uh, having this conversation, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed it at uh, at home. Uh, thank you so much for listening uh, to us, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. And God bless.